You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, Tomas, uh, thanks for joining us on The Score. Um, firstly, how are you doing yourself with the lockdown? Um, Tomas, what's kind of uh, daily life been like for you? <laughs> uh, look, I suppose I, I'm working from home, to be honest with you, Trevor, mm. and um, uh, a couple of family members working from home as well. So um, we're all each trying to find our own, <laughs> each trying to find our own time to go on calls and uh, to maybe go on Zoom. I've never been so on Zoom so many times. and uh, But look, we're coping OK. Um, I think from my younger generation and... I'm talking about myself downwards. I think we're well able to cope. You know, just kind of all the concern has been over the older generation, people mm. that have been cocooning and stuff like that as well. And look, I'm delighted. And it's like, you know, that um, from Tuesday onwards that these people go out and have a walk and get a bit of fresh air, I think, because that's important as well, you know. And yeah. um, like for ourselves at home, we can cope, you know, we can keep it into two kilometres, go for a walk with the dog, get a bit of fresh air and stuff like that. I think that's that's most important, just to pass away a couple of hours during the day before you go back into home and you're in situ in home. I think that, that is very important for the older generation. Mm. And and I saw a nice tweet yesterday that you got to see your mother and uh, on our uh, 87th birthday, was it yesterday? Yeah, look, look, I suppose not wanting to make a big deal about it, out of this look, but, but we, we've kind of missed being able to call into the house. We've called by the door just to drive by just to say hello on the mm. phone and, and, you know, and just to go there and I think there was a cavalcade of maybe 10 cars arrived outside and little thing of a happy birthday. And um, and all she would have said afterwards, look, bring on Tuesday. I want to walk to Blarney. Right? I'd love to be able to go and uh, call to the church and uh, bring back the matches, you know. So um, mm. great one to go and see games, Glen Rovers and Cork, great supporters. So uh, long may that, may that continue. Yes, indeed. And I suppose to ask the burning question is, are we going to see any championship this year? Um, we heard uh, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, he said that uh, there remains a possibility of the 2020 Hurling and Football Championship being played behind closed doors, adding that it would be a matter for the GA. What did you make of those comments? Um, I found them a bit strange, to be honest with you. You know, um, I, I look in all Ireland find behind uh, closed doors, I find it hard to get my head around that. But uh, again, that's for the powers of the GA Tari to make, and I'm sure by Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, we, uh, next week, we, we will hear an awful lot about that, whether that's going to happen or not. Because um, And then you've got to consider uh, the, the players and the, the players themselves, do they actually want to take part in the championship? I mean, I, I believe that any player, no, if you give them a match in the morning, they take it, you know. But there has to be the, the health risks that are attached to that. And uh, it's the GA is a massive, massive organisation. But what we're going through at the moment, I mean, it has, it has to be bigger than that. And the health and safety of our patrons and our citizens and the other generation 
have to be taken into consideration when it comes to decisions like this. And hopefully, maybe, you know, I believe the GA had maybe a two or three plan approach to this, the, the, the current system that's in place with the round robin, that's obviously gone. Maybe an opportunity on a back door to give uh, a, an inter team one chance if you had lost. But I think the only option that's open to, to, to Crow Park at the moment is, is a straight knockout. And Trevor, if, if it comes to that, <laughs> yeah. right, and everything is clear, I think it would absolutely be fantastic. I agree, There's an yeah. awful lot of people out there want to see that. And what I would love to see is throw all the names into a hat, forget about the provincial series, put them into a hat once off and start pulling them out. And if it's Cork, Fiki, Kenny, or it's whoever it is, and you one chance, one bite of the cherry, so be it. And, um, and then not to forget about our clubs. You know, a lot of talk at the moment, we can let our clubs go ahead now. Um, and the president of the GA has said that, that he would love to see a lot of club act, uh, action in place because um, you can take in a crowd up to 5,000 people. And I think it, the important thing for them, I'd say, in Crow Park is, is to see how the club situation would actually evolve. How would actually would it be run off? Would there be any problems that they could learn from to take it into an inter-county scene as well? But look, mm. a lot of discussions we had in all this year, Trevor. Yeah, definitely so. Um, if if uh, we do see some action, what kind of shape do you think the Cork Hurlers are in this year, uh, Tomás? Well, you see, I mean, like it's, it's 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 so hard for everybody because I think everybody, every inter-county manager had a mind fixed on their own robin, right? So mm. the 10th of May next week, we were due out to be playing Limerick in our first round, right? Yeah. You know, So um, all the focus on that. I think the league had suffered uh, a lot because of that, because um, you were playing five very competitive matches. And then having to get yourself ready for an extra, another four or five very, very heavy games coming into a, a, into a particular period of time as well. So I think the focus is on every, most managers uh, was for, for this round robin series. And like Cork were in a very, very difficult situation in terms of home matches, away matches, and like the quality of the opposition as well. But look, that's what we pride ourselves on down here. It's about performance on big days and uh, we need to perform on the big days. And, um, you know, I think there is a ver- there is a very very good team there. Um, there is mm-hmm. a very good setup behind the scenes there. And um, whilst we weren't brilliant in the league campaign, Cork hurling is always remembered about championship and summer hurling. And hopefully, if there is action, that we can get back to to where we are. Good stuff. And uh, coming up now, Tomás, to almost thirty years since the famous double, <laughs> were you captain Cork, of course? Um, you know, for, what did that mean to you to captain Cork in that historic uh, occasion? What did it mean for you and your family, Tomás? Um, it was incredible, Trevor, for a, a couple of reasons, I suppose. Look, um, I hadn't been involved in 1989, and mm. the Glen hadn't won a county championship for a good number of years since 1976. We'd lost in 1988 um, to the Bears, and I was captain of that team. And uh, I was captain of the Glen team in 1989, and um, mm. but we we pulled out all the stops to try and get a get a county championship victory, and uh, we, we emerged victorious over Sars and um, had a bit of luck on the day, and it could have went either way. But I mean, at that time, you captained your club team. Uh, your the club was given the honour of actually nominating the cop, the car captain, and I was given that honour. And do you know what it meant to me initially was. Like you're following in great footsteps of some mm-hmm. legends behind the Glen Rovers, mm-hmm. you know, down to Jack Lynch, down to uh, Martin Darty, Christy Ring, all these people, um, the Sonny Buckleys of this world, right? Uh, Dennis Call and uh, I mentioned Martin Darty, John Fitzgibbon, all these guys that have played with Cork and stuff like that as well, right? You know that mm-hmm. 
that this was this is kind of part of your your your, your growing up. You're you following the footsteps. The jersey is only being passed on to you. You're only going through a phase of of a period of time with Cork, and you must do your best, you know. And to get that honour was just fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and you just mentioned there, Tomás, you weren't involved in '89. Did you have to, in, like, personally work work harder than you ever worked to get into that '90 team? And you know, it was a hard journey for you, was it? Yeah, it was. It, it was an incredible journey because, um, yeah, I was I was dropped off the Cork selection in 1989. Um, I was told I had enough uh, given to Cork Harlan, and um, I was disappointed with it. No, no, no point in hiding from the fact, but I also accepted it. And uh, maybe this uh, clap in the back is only a couple of inches from a kick up the arse, and mm. certainly it was a kick up the arse as well. And uh, maybe focused my mind, maybe got a bit of a casual approach to it, and. Uh, Went away and I never trained as hard and um, fierce determination out in Blackpool because of what happened in 88 in the county final. To get back there, we had a very, very good team. And uh, it, it, look, isn't this just about me, but it was, it was about the team and uh, 89 with the Glen was just fantastic. And mm. look, I mean, when you go through it, like, ever, 1989 was a kind of a strange year for Cork Hurling. I, I believe Sean Agamo was playing full forward in the championship. You know, um, after the championship mm-hmm. match, your Cunningham ends up with concussion and above in hospital in Cashel. You know, there was other guys weren't involved in that time, and then 1990 just comes and you don't train. You didn't train pre-Christmas. It was is the new year before everybody gets back together, and you get the call to say, "Look, by Ken O'Brien, we want you back involved. We want other individuals back involved." And I was only too delighted when I was asked to go back and and, and try my best. And that at that stage. Great stuff. How difficult will it be to achieve, you know, a double? Will it ever be done again in our time? Do you think, Tomas? I mean, I, there are only certain counties, Trevor, that could do that, right? You know, Galway mm. probably. Um, you know, Cork are, are there. Um, Dublin might feel at some stage they'd have an opportunity as well. But there are only certain counties, and I mean, Cork were, were so lucky that they didn't do it more than uh, after 1990 as well, that there was one or two opportunities after yeah. that. And 99 was the big one, wasn't it? 99 was a massive one as well, right, you know, and uh, that was a great opportunity as well. Um, unfortunately, we didn't take it, but look, I mean, there's not too many, and look, hopefully, I mean, the footballers are making great strides, you know, uh, a lot of optimism there, certainly, and look, mm. I think there's a very good hurling team there as well. A lot of people might disagree with me, but I mean, I think we're up there with, with, with the strongest that's out there, but we just need to actually, um, we need to drive on. We we need to be ruthless. I think that we're, we're, we're at times we're we're just the best kind of. Um, we're happy enough to say we go three or four points ahead when we could go ten points ahead, and we let the opposition back into game. And I think we just need to get that ruthless streak in our game when we have uh, the opposition kind of beaten just to push it home and, and take the advantage on that basis. Yeah. Is, is there a few... Um, um, are you going to organise a few things for the double later in the year, Tomás? I think you know, mentioned one or two things might be happening, fingers crossed, later in the year to uh, celebrate the double. Yeah, look, we'd hope so. Look, we, we, we had, unfortunately, because of the events now, look, we had a few things organised. We, we, we might have a, a, um, a dinner for, for both teams uh, later on in the year if, if that if that can uh, be organised. Um, we probably maybe look at City Hall as a venue again but, um, mm. because we had a great night there with Dr. Khan's event and something like that again might take place. But I guess, both Trevor, I mean, you have me on the show as a captain of 1990 and, and can I just like take the opportunity because sometimes... There's guys that had so much to par- part to play in, mm. in, in, in in events like that, right? That you kind of forget about them. And I, 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 
I was sitting down, I don't know, it was a couple of, two or three weeks back, it was on TG Car in the afternoon, it was raining outside, so we had nothing else to do but sit back, and I was getting all the text messages, 1995 on, and when I look at it, and, and I see the performances of like, like Sean O'Gormer, to me, he should have got man of the match on the day of the game. Um, when I see Brendan O'Sullivan and Shawnee McCarthy in the middle of the field, I, tell you, I laughed, and I roared laughing watching the television, because these guys took no prisoners. I mean, these guys pulled on ball so many times off the ground. The minute it hit the ground, they let fly and they tore into tackles. It was, was, was incredible to see and uh, sometimes these guys don't get the credit, you know. You had mm. Mark Foley there scoring 2-7 in, in, in the Munster final. Yeah. Fantastic performance as well. Like I mean, a lot of other, uh, the rest of us, like, you know, Cunningham, Dennis Walsh, Jim Cashman, Teddy, Jarvis Gerald, Tony, uh, Kevin Hennessy, We'd all been there for a couple of years, right? But the guys that mm. came into it for their first day out, Kieran McGuckin coming into it for his first day out, you know, were, were, were absolutely fantastic. John Considine, a cornerback, you know, and i just like to mention those. And then, obviously, the backroom team that was there, Joel Mack, I don't think he got the credit he probably deserved. Everybody mm. speaks about the cannon, and rightly so, too. I mean, the cannon was just an incredible guy. But Joel Mack's hurling training was just incredible. I mean, when we watched it again, right, and I know it's 30 years ago, and people might say I'm old school, but the amount of times we pulled in the ball on the ground off the year, never handled it. The amount of times we went long with the ball into the guys inside. And that was testament to Gerald McCarthy's training down the down at Parky Creeve. I mean, we throw 10, 15 balls for a half an hour. And if you pick the ball, you could be sent to the bin. I'll pick the ball up in your hand. You could be sent over to the sideline. Or we'd all have to go down and do 25 press-ups. And you had to hit it left and right off the year. That was incredible training, and that mm. was that that was performed on the match day in 1990 incredibly well, and I think they caught an awful lot of the Galway opposition, particularly in the second half when we were long with ball as well. And uh, I think you know the selectors, Dennis Hurley, Liam O'Tuma, that rest of Martin Coleman, Frank Murphy was a selector there as well, and then a the backroom team. We always hear about Keith Cronin and Frank Cogan. They were the they were the guys in the dressing room with Tommy Lynch, and then obviously then around that kind of he was the sixth selector as they call him, Doctor Khan. I mean, incredible memories and incredible guys to have involved with the team. And uh, it all turned out particularly very, very well in, 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 in that famous day in September 1990. Brilliant. Some legendary names you reeled off there, uh, Tomás, and I hope you get the chance to celebrate it in style later in the year for the 30th anniversary. Uh, just before we let you go, uh, Tomás, we gave our uh, J reporter, Filmer McCarthy, that, uh, <laughs> that unbelievably difficult task to come up yeah. with the, the best 15 hurlers over that 30-year period. Uh, obviously, in his, he's on a hiding to nothing, but uh, we, we said... <laughs> yeah, he's not really. We, 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 I'm going to be nice. I'm going to oh, be yeah. very nice. We, I am. Yeah. We, we send yeah. you on the team. What do you think of it? <laughs> Oh, I suppose. Look, um, it was it, it was a tough task, and I, okay, I've been down that road myself, you know. And particularly working in RT, when you have to pick man of the match or you have yeah. to pick a team of the year and stuff like that as well, and, it, and you and you let yourself open certainly. And um, look, I suppose from a goalkeeper's perspective, I think it's very tough on Jar Cunningham because like Jar was there since 1980. I mean, mm. He was a fantastic goalkeeper. He was an incredible goalkeeper. I think one of the best Cork ever had, to be honest with you, over over that period of time. And look. No, no denying John Lowe, probably, but I think that was a hard call to be t- between the two of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. you know? um, I mean, uh, in the back line, I think the likes of Wayne Sherlock would, would come into my mind as being a very good defender. I think his half-back line was very strong. I'm delighted he picked Sean Agama there because I think Sean Agama was a fantastic hurler for Cork. Mm. And, I, and I'm speaking about <laughs> coming from my generation, right? And yeah. like it was difficult maybe to go with more of the older guys because 
like 1990, some of these guys had been there since 84, 83, 86. Now, personally, would I include myself? No, I wouldn't include myself at centre forward. No, I wouldn't ask, to be honest with you. When you looked at the likes of Tony O'Sullivan, the likes of John Fitzgibbon, the likes of Kevin Hennessy being left out of the side, you look at midfield, I, I, I would have a question where could Teddy McCarthy have been included there? I would have a question whether Tom Kenny could have been included there. I thought he was one of the finest midfielders we've had as well. Mm. So, look, the argument is there, I'm sure. He'll get a lot of credit for the team he, he, he's picked, but I would certainly would have, uh, if I was in a selection committee meeting with him, he wouldn't have got away as easy, to be honest with you. He'd have been <laughs> questioned on a few of those, and maybe yeah. we could have been there all night in a couple of arguments, but <laughs> I certainly would have got my way, I think, on a, on a few others. Yeah, what about Brian Cochran as the full forward? Yeah, look, and, and I, I, Brian, look, Brian was like he, he was he was very good full forward when he played there. But I I I, I remember Brian more as the back, to be honest, which is the mm. centre back of the corner back when he kind of came on the car team back in '92. So that's why I, I I look at the likes of John Fitzgibbon or Kevin Hennessy. I think Kevin Hennessy to me was one of the most unsung heroes within Cork Hurling, to be honest with you. I mean, that guy could get goals out of nothing. That guy could read a game. That guy could bring other guys into 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 match. And 1990, the ball that he set up for, for Mark Foley, for John Fitzgibbon to get their scores, like, I think he was an incredible player. And he's one, certainly, that I would say he should have been number 14. OK, well, great to have your views uh, on that, Tomas. Um, that debate now will go on for a while, I'd say. We get a, a, lo- we get <laughs> okay, a lot of... That's what it's all about. It is. We get a lot of calls today. It's a lot of, a lot of text on the team. Uh, so we look forward to that. And uh, stay safe, Tomas, and uh, we appreciate you coming on with us here on Cork's 96 FM this afternoon. Thanks, Tomas. OK, Trevor, thanks for having me. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.